You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. And we had lots of no-shows for the Raw Showcase. The main event was Tyson Fury, the world's greatest boxer today, as far as most of us should be concerned. He was going to meet Braun Strowman. We had a backstage interview with Fury earlier in the night where he wanted an apology. Somewhat understandable. Braun just kind of gave a generic Braun Strowman promo that didn't really accomplish much. Then we went in the ring, in the main event, and Jerry Lawler was out there to talk to Fury, who wanted his apology. Braun came up. They threw a pretty good amount of uh, back and forth here. Braun sort of joking that he was just playing with Fury initially, but that quickly escalated into he would eat him for lunch. And then Fury had a pun about how at least he's a champion and how and our heavyweight champion and the Strowman never had been. And this broke out into a very slow, very useless brawl. Uh, Braun went backstage for a bit. He had an interview where he basically said he wasn't going to apologize and that Fury would get these hands. And then he attacked again and Raw went off the air. Not uh, not a great main event. And generally just okay. And I don't know why this was on Raw and not on Fox. This really feels like a Fox thing. It really felt like filler. Um, and I really feel like they should have just started the draft uh, tonight, not on Friday. But what was very good was Ms. TV with a... And it was a championship showcase with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair... And essentially, we not only celebrated Charlotte for her 10th women's title, but also put over Becky for all the damage uh, she did to Sasha Banks at the Hell in the Cell and sort of reviewed their interesting relationship. Now, this went a step further as they had to take on the women's tag team champions. But of course, Asuka and Kyrie Zane couldn't wait. They interrupted Miss TV to cut a promo, and then they impromptu had a bit of a brawl that led to the match. Now, you, you would think with the way the tag team titles have been treated that Charlotte and Becky would run through the this tag team. But during the match, Charlotte got a bit banged up. And then, to my <coughs> great surprise, <coughs> we had Becky take the pin as the referee was tending to Charlotte. Asuka got the green miss, so not a clean win. But doesn't matter. Win's a win. So we had Kari Sane and Asuka getting the win over the Raw and Women's Champions. And Charlotte tried to attack after the match. That didn't work. But Nikki and Cross made the save. Uh, Nikki, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, that is. I actually wrote Nikki Chris on my script here. And this was a good little touch. Although it kind of makes you wonder where we're going. Certainly this preludes to probably a Survivor Series match between Becky and Charlotte as the captains. Which would be very interesting. And I'm sort of... I, I guess that, you know, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross probably deserve another shot at these tag team titles. And I think given the additional character development to Kairi Sane and Asuka, it'd be interesting to see through a new lens... But I almost was kind of hoping Becky and Charlotte would have won here to set up a tag team title match. I don't think that's going to happen now. 
Not to say Bailey and Sasha couldn't uh, do that. But still, very, very good stuff. And, and really, the whole women's division, from tag teams to individuals to the champions, looked great. We also had Ray offering a backstage promo about his son, which quickly morphed into how he sort of connected with Cain Velasquez and their lineage, and, and this was very good. And, and Rey Mysterio really being utilized quite well here, even with an, a sl- his arm in a sling. What was less impressive, and I am a little probably should put this lower on my list, but Raw opened with a highlight package about Rusev, Lana, and Lashley. I never thought I would say that. It turns out Rusev was scheduled to face Randy Orton, but Corbin and Orton had attacked Rusev. Rusev somehow fended them off, only for Bobby Lashley to appear on the screen. He was in Rusev's house. He was in his bedroom. He was joined by his wife, Lana. And it sounds like she had emptied all of the Rusev bank accounts. But this was pretty well put together. And what happened after was quite worth uh, any cringes you had. Because Orton and Corbin began mocking Rusev outside of the ring. Rusev basically hulked out and took them all on Optimus Prime style. And, and this was excellent because Rusev, uh, despite the embarrassment of this storyline, is really being treated uh, like a legit superstar here. Granted, a, a scorned one. And you have to assume that Lashley will be a part of Team Orton, uh, Team Flair. Much like, I think, Ali, after his performance against Randy Orton, could also be a part of Team Hogan. Although I could also see The Miz being part of Team Flair, which makes brings up a good point. Why we aren't filling out these teams is a bit beyond me at this point. The fact that we still only have two of five several weeks into this is sort of, especially since those two of five came so quickly, it's a bit odd. Another good bit of news here, the Viking Raiders got the win over Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. They cut a promo after making it quite clear they will have a tag team title shot next week. And they might as well. They've got way more momentum than Roode and Ziggler. I actually forgot they were Raw Tag Team Champions. I think this has been given Roode enough of a bounce to push him up as a single star. And I don't think Ziggler really has much intention of doing anything. Got another promo from the AOP. Uh, pretty much more of the same, but pretty good. You know, I think with the draft, we will finally see these guys in action. Uh, you know, maybe... And that's fine. I guess if you want to do the promos, do them differently and keep them going. It's just barely worked. We also had the OC in a six-man tag with the Lucha House Party. Man, oh man, this was good. The Lucha House Party had a spot where they did, they did three moonsaults from one corner out of the ring and it was just a thing of beauty to the OC but of course the OC got the win and laid out quite a beatdown after so certainly asserting their dominance and certainly a, a fun storyline here in terms of the potential of either of these teams being broken up and that was a good spin on the draft I quite enjoyed that Lacey Evans uh, brought out a trash can as she made it clear she would be putting Natalia in the trash as they had their last women standing match here because there hasn't been enough of Natasha and Lacey after them facing off again last night at Hell in the Cell. Natalia won this one. She powerbombed Lacey off the stage. And maybe, just maybe, this is a way to write off Lacey and give her some chance to fine-tune those skills. Or maybe even send her to NXT. Hopefully. Um, I'm not crazy about Natalia getting the bump here either, though, because we just saw her at SummerSlam as a passable opponent to Becky Lynch, but 
I guess there's probably, you know, if she goes to SmackDown where I assume Charlotte has stayed, there probably is one more big feud for Natalia, but I guess that'll be it. And, I, you know, in that perspective, I, I, I'm warming to it now, even saying it out loud. We also got some Matt backstage interviews from Ricochet and Apollo Crews. They're going to face each other. They're friends, blah, blah, blah. These guys are interesting. But they had a hell of a match that Ricochet won. Uh, hopefully, these guys just do a direct flop of rosters. Uh, we see Ricochet on SmackDown, Apollo Crews on Raw, although maybe Apollo is on Raw. I don't remember. And maybe these guys can get a bit of a boost. And it was kind of interesting during this match, it became clear that the executives of USA Network and Fox would be making the picks. I guess that's better than the McMahons, but not by much to just assume that some Fox and some NBC, uh, USA Network executive are just sitting in a room doing these picks. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I'd almost rather they appointed commissioners, you know, or broadcasters to make those choices. Like, imagine if it was Michael Cole picking for SmackDown and... Jerry the King Lawler or Dio Madden picking for Raw. I think that would be a nice in-between, especially if you still had it through the execs. But we'll see. We also had Alistair, ba- Alistair Black excuse me, backstage in his room looking for a fight. Looking for someone to pick a fight with him, I should say. We later had a second promo where, you know, on second thought, he decided to just go to the ring because that's been a lot more effective historically. We then found out later the Bollywood boys... Uh, or I should say the Singh brothers and Dio Madden got tripped up by that, which I found quite funny. Uh, and I still want to call them the Bollywood boys. Cut an in-ring promo where they called out Alistair Black. Black obviously annihilated them, but did use a new submission to finish uh, one of them. I don't care who. And it was quite good. And I think this is a good way to set up Alistair as a Raw superstar. And probably the Singh brothers, too, as jobbers uh, on either roster. Or maybe even split them up. Because I haven't seen Jinder Mahal in a long time. The biggest lowlight of the night were the Street Profits. Just trying to hype this show again. It's been too much of this. Although, it was good when they got to the draft and did a scouting report. That was quite good. Uh, And I also want to point out, there were a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of no-shows. Considering this was a draft showcase. No Brock Lesnar, who's your WWE champion. No Seth Rollins, your universal champion. No Bray Wyatt the Fiend in any form. No Kofi Kingston. No New Day. No Revival, who are your SmackDown Tag Team Champions. No Heavy Machinery. Uh, on the Raw side, we are on, sorry, also on the SmackDown side, we didn't have Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. We didn't have Kevin Owens. They really, 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 really missed the chance to, because this is a full-on showcase You could have done a lot. You could have had, you know, champion versus champion matches. And we had one. But if if this was the Raw you're going to deliver, you might as well just started the draft a show early. And then we could have gotten into it um, sooner. But I guess that's where we are. I'll be back on Wednesday for a look at AEW because NXT still doesn't air properly in Canada. I'll tell you, though, after watching it on Friday, at least an hour of it, and then an hour later over the weekend, uh, I found it quite a bit better than AEW. But I will be back to review AEW on Wednesday. Give it a second chance because a lot of people have asked me to. 
and uh, we'll talk about the draft on Friday Night SmackDown. If I get a chance, I'm hoping to do a special podcast with somebody where we do a fantasy draft in 10 minutes or less, and we try to put together rosters with no notes, and that could be quite fun. Until then, I've been Blavacani at BlalV87 on Twitter. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 